1: for 20% off your first system.
2: This podcast may contain adult themes, strong language, and stupid health advice. Listener discretion is advised.
3: In Bad Taste, where we cast a critical eye over health documentaries and the claims they make. Bonjour. I don't know why I'm speaking French today. I'm your host, registered nutritionist, Pixie Turner.
2: And I'm cardiothoracic surgeon, Dr. Nikki Stamp. Now, as you already know, we've decided to torture ourselves every month by watching some of the most popular but wildly misleading health films out there, all to save you from having to endure the pain. And each month we take our best science to
3: find out whether what they're saying is fact or fiction. Let's be honest though, so far most of it has been fiction, but some of it has also been downright dangerous. (laughs) Which is why when we saw the previews for this month's film, or more accurately this month's series, we thought we might be pleasantly surprised and, for once, rendered speechless. But it wasn't quite that straightforward and we have plenty to discuss still.
2: Yes, we have a lot to talk about. So, as you will have heard from our last August episode, this month, we're keeping very up to date um, and bringing you our views on the very fresh Netflix documentary series Unwell. Now this literally literally landed rather on our Netflix last month, and when we both saw the preview, we were furiously texting each other, mainly because we think we'd we'd be better on Netflix. but you know until that happens, we will keep battling on here. I mean, obviously,
3: of course we would be better on Netflix. We'd be fucking amazing. Let's be honest. (laughs) Now, happily, September is a five Tuesday month. Yay! Which means each week we're going to have a look at one episode of Unwell. And to start, we're going to dive into the land of diffusers, pyramid schemes, and general craziness that is essential oils. We are going to be skipping the episode on Tantra, mainly because, well, you know, something had to go and... I'm not sure that we could actually get through that episode with a straight face. We've done with, we've dealt with boners. We've dealt with butt coffee. I think people sitting in a circle wanking each other off is probably a little bit too far for us. <laughs> and it's just not quite as health related as the other episodes.
2: That episode was crazy though. I mean, we'll, we will have a think about it and maybe we'll try and do something else to, to give you our, our two cents worth on Tantra, but even with Tantra, off the menu there is plenty to talk about. So let's get cracking with some essential oils, allegedly essential oils, allegedly.
3: But before we even get into that, just a very very quick overview of what this new documentary series is. So this arrived on Netflix recently. They have no narrator, it's just long episodes, there's six of them, and each particular episode covers a an aspect of the wellness industry. And the idea behind this documentary is that it's very much with the focus of, well, is this accurate? Is this bullshit? Is this making us well? Or is this making us unwell? So you can see that from the start, it sounded like it could be pretty good. It sounded like it could be a really interesting and thorough takedown of particular aspects of the wellness industry. But uh, as we will see, not so much. Which is why at the end of every episode, we're going to give our verdict on how well they actually debunked each particular topic. It's not
2: going to go well. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it. I, I think the other thing—they are so long, weren't they? Those those episodes are like fifty minutes each. So mm-hmm. we watched all six of them, meaning that you know, by the time we press stop and start to take our notes and so on and so forth, that's like a good—I don't know—seven hours of our life that we'll never get back. Never. No more. <sighs> way more. I mean, Way
3: I think more. I think you probably if you double the time of each episode, that's about the amount of time that I spent watching this and making notes. And then obviously more time afterwards, finding references and other bits so this was a lot of our time so you guys really better fucking appreciate this okay just saying
1: (laughs) (laughs) you
2: owe us you owe us big time (laughs) all right well the first one is essential oils and obviously like all wellness films open with a usual disclaimer meant to entertain blah 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 blah. I am sick to death of seeing these disclaimers because they mean absolutely jack. Like they, we know we've discussed this before. Those disclaimers mean nothing. Okay, regardless of whether they're meant to entertain, people are going to take health advice from them. So don't start with me, Netflix. But look, let's talk about what essential oils are and what makes them so essential. Why don't we just cut to the chase? There is nothing essential about essential oils. You do not need them to survive. But essential oils are these highly concentrated aromatic oils obtained from plants by a number of methods. And they're they're big at the moment. I mean, just before we started recording, I said that I had something pop up on Instagram from a beauty company who shall remain nameless um, about their latest essential oil skincare range. They're really, really popular um, at the moment. Now, essential oils, even though they sound like they're, you know, really pure and lovely and wonderful. Mm. They're rarely used neat. They're often mixed with carrier oils, which can include canola oil, sunflower, olive, jojoba, sweet almond oils. They're not like the pure getting you closer to God or your deity of choice kind of thing that people would have you believe. (laughs) (laughs) And often between different brands, the oil can actually come from different plants so they can actually have different effects, which is, I thought was quite interesting. I didn't know that before. Mm, I didn't know that either. Right. Lavender oil from one brand can come from, say, four different genuses of plants. That's types of plants, lavender plants, so they can have different effects. So, you know, it's kind of, it's a bit sort of like, it's a bit like the wild, wild west, really, I think. Like there's there's not a massive amount of not a massive amount of regulation. There's you know, it's not a drug, so most countries, so for example in the US, the FDA, they can't regulate it, they can't test it. They can only retrospectively regulate it, which means that they don't have a lot of power to control what, what goes on. And, you know, I think that's the same here in Australia. It's most commonly used, for you know, topically, massage or inhalation. I think we've all like, you know, gone somewhere and smelt something nice blowing from the corner. Mm-hmm. But despite that, they, they do have side effects. Um, and we, we will come to, to some of these side effects and whether or not they're, they're actually safe. But just because they're natural and they smell nice and they look pretty in your oil diffuser or whatever... That doesn't make them benign. And I think that's one thing we really want to stress early on here.
3: Absolutely. I think the real summation of it is that even though they're called essential oils, they are not essential for human consumption. That essential comes from the word essence because it is the essence of the plant. It is not essential for human consumption in the same way that we have essential amino acids or essential fatty acids, for example. And uh, guess what, Nikki? They don't cure anything. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, shocked to my core. Colour me surprised.
2: <laughs> I mean that that's really the crux of the matter here. And you know, they go through a lot of these stories in, in each episode where they kind of provide examples of people who are using this particular therapy. They provide some people who've had some bad experiences, some good experiences, and the experts get like two seconds of screen time to rebut all of this nonsense. But I think that the first, the thing that kind of upset me about this film is that the first sort of uh, look we get at someone using aromatherapy and essential oils is in a hospital. Is in a U.S. hospital.
3: Mm. Um, and I was like, oh,
2: I don't know how I feel about this. I have mixed feelings about it.
3: Yeah, say My very first note that I wrote was, what the fuck is wrong with U.S. hospitals? <laughs> is this like, Is, is this mm. what they're serving? I think they need to give these people some therapy or some pills maybe. There's this patient who says he's quite stressed, he's quite anxious, he's had some surgery, and, you know, fair enough. I think that's a very normal response to that. And this lady comes around and offers him a bunch of different oils, and that can be either for something for him to smell on a on a tissue of some sort or in a, like a handkerchief. It can also be massaged into his legs, which I believe is what happens. And you know that sounds pretty nice, and I'm sure that the nice smell and that that gentle, kind physical contact really does help someone relax. I mean, massage really is very relaxing. I would, I really want one right now, to be honest, after talking about it. It's really nice. And afterwards he says he felt more relaxed and I'm really not surprised by that because someone listened to him, spent time with him, gave him reassurance, gave him a massage. I mean, duh, he even says, I don't know if it's the attention or if it's the oil. It's probably both, but more the attention.
2: Agree. So this was like, this was a department of a hospital. And I know in the US that a lot of uh, really big name hospitals have hospital departments. And she was from a department within that hospital called Integrative Therapies, where they they actually have departments that offer complete nonsense, like Reiki, vague, spiritual kind of thing. And you know, it's been very contentious because what are these so-called world-leaning institutes doing promoting pseudoscience? Mm -hmm. As a surgeon, I I have mixed feelings on this because if someone was massaging an oil into my patient's skin, I would be really concerned because skin reactions do happen if you know that oil got near the wound it could cause an infection all these kinds of things that part made me feel a little bit anxious um (laughs) you know the patient had his anxiety taken away i got a whole bunch (laughs) would you like some oil for that I kind of I kind of don't because <laughs> otherwise I would be a hypocrite. This woman uh, I think she's called and yeah, she's called Andy. She said that she did a year's course in essential oils. What could, like a year is not a long time to learn about a lot of these things. You know you know what's you know what's in depth six years of medical school nine years of specialist training and a shit ton of <laughs> clinical experience that I've got. Um, but you know like I, I just think you need to be really careful about. The stock that you're putting in these things. That being said, I think that that patient had a good outcome and he seemed pretty, you know, he seemed pretty mindful of the fact that, you know, he's had someone come and pay him attention, rub his legs. He did some deep breathing. He was quite sensible about it. But at the end of the day, I did worry that having that in a hospital, in that setting, someone who comes in in clinical clothes in scrubs, it really legitimizes something that we, in essence, don't actually know that much about.
3: You're absolutely right. It really does give it a lot of credibility that it doesn't deserve. One thing I did like about Andy is that she said that these oils are not instead of medicine. And, you know, Mm. that, that was good. But unfortunately, she went straight on to say, well, yeah, it might be a placebo, but so is medicine. And immediately I had to pause and just go, hang on a second. The whole fucking point of medicine is that it's not a placebo. That is literally the point. It is not ethical to do that. What where did where did that idea come from I like that she acknowledges that it might be placebo but then she goes like way left field with that in a direction that is unexpected and totally wrong
2: Yeah, agree. And also, unlike essential oils, with medications, we know the exact biological mechanism that those drugs exert their effects on, right? I know if I give someone aspirin, the way it relieves their pain is by changing, you know, enzymes and things like that. I know exactly how that works. Whereas essential oils, you know, a lot of it is probably placebo, it's probably placebo. So I think that was a really unfair thing to make. And I just, I think this was a good example of where the films try to give balance, but they they miss the mark.
3: And so from there, we move on to... A mother and her daughter. And considering last month we watched a whole bunch of parents say their kids are damaged and broken, this was really a breath of fresh air, the way she was so kind and accommodating to her daughter. I mean, it's the bare fucking minimum. (laughs) But hey, let's celebrate it anyway, because in contrast to last month, It is definitely something that's worth pointing out. So this mum, her daughter has been diagnosed with with autism and she lists the various therapies that they've already tried. There are a whole bunch of things. I do want to quickly point out that one of the therapies that she mentions is ABA. And I've heard from a lot of people with autism that ABA is seen as quite traumatizing and, and damaging. And so I just do want to point that out, that any of these things that I mentioned are not necessarily harmless. I totally understand that she is desperate and willing to try anything to help. And my anger is absolutely not directed towards people like her who try these things. It's very much with those perpetuating the system. But I do think that it's worth pointing out that with any of these, and essential oils are included with that, it's not necessarily harmless just because it seems that way.
2: Agree. And these are pretty vulnerable people like, you know, who are, who are looking for ways to make themselves or their loved ones feel better or actually get better. Um, and I think that's one thing we we do kind of want to be very clear about is what I think we've been pretty clear about on all of the films that we've watched is that we don't, we're not here to judge people who are using these things, particularly when they're being taken advantage of by snake oil salesmen. Or in this
3: case an aromatherapist.
2: <laughs> I, actually, it, this, this conversation with, with I think her name was Sarah, with the mother, and a clinical aromatherapist, whatever, the, I mean, what even is that, it was, was kind of sensible. It was kind of balanced. She was kind of saying, look, this might help um, with her daughter's sleep. She has a lot of trouble sleeping and that it's worked with her son and, you know, we can try this and try that and see which smell she likes and, you know, just see how you go. It wasn't touted as a miracle cure, I think, by those people. Those people were sensible people, though. For other people, that's not the case. They take it, whoa, way too many steps too far. So they go through all of these different smells for her daughter um, and she ends up taking the home to use them to try and, and help her sleep. But these kind of stories... These kind of stories, with where they had a bit of balance or a little bit of a sensible approach, they they really glossed over really quickly because we need to get onto the you know the big gregarious personalities and and those are the people that get the most airtime in these films in these these episodes.
3: Oh, yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert, by the end of the episode, we see that uh, she is sleeping better in general and that that is having a knock on effect on other aspects of her life, which makes sense because sleep has a big impact on a lot of things. So working on that and improving that is going to have significant impacts. But, uh, yeah, speaking of the uh, idiots or extremists that you mentioned, let's (gasps) talk about doctor in air quotes z who is the biggest douchebag who i already hated within five seconds of his smug shitty little face appearing on camera oh my god say
0: i've
3: written
2: down he's he's spraying his kids with something as they're like riding their bikes around the yard like leave them alone let them ride their bikes and he goes yeah i'm a blogger and i was like great i mean Great. That is exactly what we need. But it's even better. He's called Dr. Z. Dr. Z. Dr. Eric Zelinski, who is a chiropractor. Therefore, he's not a real doctor. He's a real winner. He has issues with COVID and 5G. So he's on my shit list, safe to say. Same. <laughs> But they're like, you know, they're like the picture perfect family. Like all that I didn't see from their family was a white picket fence, right? That would have completed the picture. Like that, you know, he's got this glamorous wife and these adorable children and they've got a beautiful home, which will come into play in just a moment. I'm not telling you that just because I liked what I saw. I didn't. But they're using essential oils all the time. This guy's written books on essential oils, which, oh, my God, I saw in the bookstore the other day. (sighs) I put my book in front of it. Yep. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> love it. That's what we, we do. love to see it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, they're like oh, okay. they're eating with them, they're cooking with them, they're drinking them, they're giving them to the kids. And, anyway, Dr. Z's story is that he was apparently blind mm. when he was 23 and then he could see he was rescued by baby Jesus and could just say, obviously, you know, no offence, if that is your religion, go forth and and. Carry on, no judgment. But yeah, anyway, he he used his Christianity, which I think is good, to overcome his um, depression, his anxiety and his uh, addiction, which brings us to something that I think we noted throughout a lot of these episodes. There's a real crossover with conservative Christianity and wellness woo. Like,
3: what is that? Hugely. I mean, I had an inkling about this. As soon as I saw how many kids there were, I was like, this guy's going to be super religious, right? And it turns out <laughs> I was right. I also find it quite hilarious that apparently Jesus can cure depression, but Jesus can't cure, cure acne. Like, what the fuck, Jesus? Do better. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> He's trying. Full disclaimer, I'm a solid <laughs> atheist. I mean, <laughs> so I just find this hilarious. But as you said, there is a... There does seem to be a strong connection between that religious component and wellness yeah it's actually hard to find a lot of research into this but alan Levinovitz is a brilliant resource for this he is a professor of oh god, he's a religious scholar yeah that's right and he focuses a lot of his attention on religion and wellness so he's written two incredible books there's the gluten lie which i have and love and then there's natural which i currently have on its way to me which i'm very excited to read but i know nikki you have started it already haven't you
2: yeah, I'm about halfway through that. And and it's really interesting because he talks a bit in the book and also in, in op-eds and other places on the internet about this this kind of parallel with you know a lot of religions you know whatever religion they are are about seeking sort of purity living a pure life and that can take many forms and it can take many sort of levels I suppose and that that sort of seeking of purity is kind of similar to what we see in wellness culture where we want to eat clean live clean get back to nature you know, if you look at say the Catholic Church, it still encourages the use of natural contraception, i.e., the rhythm method, also known as the "sure way to get a baby." Um, <laughs> she, that there's, there is a significant amount of overlap, and this little package on him, like I was like, "Wow, that's that's so interesting." But yes, I highly recommend reading Natural if you haven't already. One day I'll get it done. But he's also got he's also got his wife who is called Mama Z, um, mm. and Mama Z used to be a beauty pageant queen which is important for us to know because she wears her tiara
3: to church to church is her life that one dimensional that she feels the need to do that? It, it, I found that very, very awkward, especially because they try and say, you know, we're just like everyone else. We're so relatable. Like, no. you've just been bragging about how much money you've made. How would Jesus feel about the fact that you are profiting off of people's insecurities like that with no legit qualifications whatsoever? Yeah, yeah. They're apparently a for profit ministry. Like, fuck off. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. That's not
2: okay. So look, this guy loves his essential oils. He gives them, like I said already, he gives them to his kids. He cooks with them. He's written books on them. He thinks that they can be used to pretty much cure everything, boost immunity. You know, usual suspects when it comes to absolute nonsense. He also believes that they can probably cure cancer. So we know that's that's completely untrue. So he talks absolute nonsense, and a lot of the time we're we're seeing him and his wife create content for their website. And the thing that really got up my nose, really made me angry, was that Dr. Z, again air quotes, says we keep everything affordable. Our most expensive masterclass is $77. Anyone can afford that even if you're on food stamps. Oh, boy. Food stamps is welfare, is when you can't even afford to buy food, right? You arrogant wanker, like how dare you? Now, he had Mm -hmm. to issue an apology about this. Uh, You know, it was a masterclass in a non-apology. But, you know, again, this is another thing I think we've talked about a lot. This wellness is just all about privilege. Here's these people, they're conventionally attractive, they've they've got a zillion kids, they've got a big house, they're making a ton of money off people's vulnerabilities and it makes me so so angry that they're so unrelatable they're so arrogant and that you know the other thing i think that they don't sort of talk about is the potential of putting people at risk i can't believe they are forcing these oils down their kids throats by and large the general thinking is that ingesting essential oils is not advisable you know he does say that some oils are used for flavoring so peppermint comes to mind but these are in tiny tiny doses and over the Course of your lifetime, the cumulative dose for essential oils that you eat in your food that you get just down at the supermarket is tiny and therefore is safe. But when you're adding it every single day to most meals, that dose is likely to be much larger. We don't know it's safe. In fact, there is data to show that those cumulative doses, particularly for kids can cause significant problems with their, with puberty, with development. We don't know about other toxicities. I just, I found him absolutely, absolutely infuriating. He just makes me so mad. I'm mad again just thinking about it.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and that's actually a beautiful segue into the question of are essential oils dangerous and the answer is absolutely they can be especially if you ingest them don't do that please 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 if there's one thing you take away from today is please don't ingest essential oils like smell them if you like the smell but maybe don't Actually, yeah. eat them. And even putting them on your skin can sometimes be harmful. There is a story that they present here about a woman who discusses how she had a mm-hmm. rash from adding essential oils, from rubbing them on her skin. And she spoke to a Facebook group of people and everyone she spoke to was adamant that it can't possibly be the oils. They said things like, you're detoxing, it's just part of the process. They told her to add and take more essential oils, both orally and topically, to try and help with the rash. And that actually then made it worse because it turns out that over time, she became allergic to a bunch of these essential oils. And Mm. Uh, this rash spread to her face. It was covering a lot of her body. It was inc- apparently incredibly painful. And it took five years for her rashes to disappear. So, you know, this is something that can happen even after several years of use. Absolutely, It is not just straightforwardly always going to be safe. And I'm, I, you know what? It's a shitty, it's a horrible story for her. But I am glad that they shared this because I think if you're going to show examples of people who feel they've been cured of something using essential oils and there is more of that to come, it's also important that we clearly illustrate the harm that they can cause. I agree wholeheartedly, and I think that's one thing that they probably do do well is, and you will see this for most
2: of the episodes, they do find someone whose life has been absolutely destroyed by by these various wellness practices. And my only criticism of that is that I feel like they don't, kind of hammer it home enough but they have these pictures of her skin which is red and raw and angry and you know she talks about as you said like going to the Facebook groups and they're all like oh you're just detoxing like so while she was doing what they told them to do she's delaying going to get actual medical treatment and she's developed these really severe allergies I think that we just, because things are natural or because they seem really harmless and some people say they work and, or they smell nice, they look nice, or they're sold in pretty packages, that we think that there's no problem. There is a problem. There's a really, really big problem with some of these things. And it's just, it's unforgivable the, the sort of willful ignorance that they, these people kind of exert. Exert? Demonstrate, probably a better word. <laughs>
3: So now it's time to hear from an actual expert. So we ask the question: Do essential oils actually work? Let's ask Dr. Joyce
2: Bowles. <gasps> she had the sickest burn of the whole series. Oh, she did. She oh did. My God. Go on, say it. Say it. So so basically, like they get her on, and this is this is I'm not really happy. She got like two seconds of screen time. There is no not the evidence for essential oils. Great, we know that. And she made fun of people who say, there's lots of studies. You know when people say, oh, my God, there's lots of studies about essential oils. And then she goes, I used to think that was impressive too. I was like, oh, yes, girl. (laughs) Burn. She was Uh. great. So basically she's saying, like, there's lots of studies. There's not lots of studies. And she talks a little bit about one of the more popular and well-known studies, and I think probably about one of the more popular and well-known oils would be lavender oil. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we all, you know, I've got a lavender candle in my bedroom. Like, I don't ever use it. Um, But, you know... (laughs) You know, it smells nice, and it makes me think about relaxing before I go to bed some nights. But there, she talks about a study where they gave um, half people lavender oil and half people lorazepam, which is a, a sedative and anxiolytic. So that's a, a medication that reduces anxiety, and said that they had basically equal effect. So that people who got each each arm of the treatment had equal reduction in their anxiety. Lavender. There, there's a lot of conflicting research from what I've read about lavender oil, for example, that you know some people will have the effect because they expect there isn't going to be an effect, i.e., they have a placebo effect. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Some people have a paradoxical reaction to lavender where they get a lot of stimulation, not relaxation. So there's a lot of a lot going on. But I think she was just really quite to the point in saying there's just there's just not the evidence the claims that these people make are not backed up by science. They're not backed up by any plausible biological mechanism. So, you know, and and she also agrees that there are some safety concerns because particularly when you've got people who are putting it everywhere all of the time, you're getting this cumulative dose, it's going to be bad for you.
3: Yeah. One other thing that I like that she pointed out was that there is a lot of the research focuses on essentially what happens in a petri dish and just because something shows to be beneficial in a petri dish doesn't mean it's helpful for humans remember a gun will kill cancer cells in a petri dish and so will fire that doesn't mean that those are effective cures for cancer it does not work that way we there is a you know there is a big big jump from something happening in a petri dish to something happening in a human body And what I loved, one of, I mean, there are many things I loved about her, but one other thing that I really loved is that she rightly used the term, help people cope with, not the word cure, which is exactly right. So things like, I don't know, lavender may help people cope with lack of sleep. It's not going to cure insomnia. And that is the key difference. It can help people cope with things. It is not going to cure things, but that is not what other people will tell you. And... That brings us very nicely to the final part of this episode, which focused on multi-level marketing. Oh, God.
2: Oh, this makes me mad. So, um, I think a lot of people would know uh, about Deterra. It's probably a really popular essential oil company. They're pretty much everywhere. And we're introduced to Allison, who is a distributor, who opens where there's no obligation to purchase. Lies. Yeah, right. So she's like dragged all her friends and neighbours into her home, I assume. And she says, "I assume you're here today because you're looking for solutions." And you know, what I thought was like, "No, I'm here, Alison, because." You kept sending me messages on Facebook and wouldn't take no for an answer. So I thought it was easier just to turn up and pretend like I was interested. <laughs> That's hard. Anyway, Allison's story is of course, Allison's got a story. Allison was diagnosed with a brain tumor that was allegedly inoperable. Now, uh, I'm not a neurosurgeon, but I am a doctor. And from what she described, she was a teenager. This sounds benign. It just sounds like it was in a really awkward place in her brain. And she had she had an operation she said that she could that they couldn't get all of the tumor out so they just kept an eye on her which again makes me you know think that it was almost certainly benign and then she talks about just going back to see her doctor regularly, and when they would go and visit her doctor, her mother, she said her mother didn't mention that they'd started using essential oils, because the doctor would call child protective services. That's not true. That is a hundred percent not true. <laughs> um, unless you were doing something like really untoward with those essential oils, we might, as as medical professionals, be like, mm, I probably wouldn't do that, or maybe you could try something else, or please be careful. But we wouldn't call child protective services. And that really annoyed me because it perpetuates this myth that it's not safe to tell your healthcare providers about alternative therapies that you're taking. And we've discussed this before. We really, really, really need to know. Um, It's really important that you tell us. We know people are going to do it anyway, but please tell us what you're taking. Anyway. The other thing that I particularly egregious about her is she's a dietitian. She's an actual registered dietitian.
3: No. Yeah. I missed that. Oh, did you? I'm serious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh, no. Oh,
3: my God. Right? What is happening?
2: So here's an educated woman, right? An educated woman who now makes $20,000 a month selling oils, but that's
3: not how these things work. No, that is a good point. That is not how multi-level marketing works. MLMs for short, what happens with those is that you sell product, but you don't really make a lot of money from selling the product. What happens is that you sign people up as distributors, they start selling oils and you get commission from them. Mm -hmm. So to collect commission from people below you, who you've recruited, you have to buy product every month. Mm-hmm. So you have to, in this case, I think commit to buying a hundred dollars worth of product every month. And then the commission from the people below you gets fed up towards the people at the top of the pyramid, which is why it's sometimes known as a pyramid scheme. It operates by building downlines. Essentially, you recruit people below you and that's where you make a lot of your money. So the only place where money is really made in these kind of schemes is at the top of the pyramid. Exactly. And if you are at the top of the pyramid, you are making big money, like millions of dollars. But apparently we find out that only... I think 46 or 48 people in the history of this particular company have ever achieved that out of millions of members. And this is because it is mathematically impossible for everyone to make money in a pyramid scheme. So if you have one person at the top who recruits 10 more people to recoup the cost of their initial investment and then everyone below that, those 10 people have to recruit 10 more people, those people below that have to recruit 10 more people each. When you go down, you can see this this sort of divides into like a pyramid structure. By the eighth level of the pyramid, you would have to recruit a billion people. And by the next level, you would need to be recruiting 10 billion, which is greater than the population of the earth. Yeah, exactly. So mathematically, it is impossible for this to work. The people at the bottom make almost no money whatsoever. In fact, 99% of all MLM businesses, in other words, individuals, fail to make profit. And that is from research at the at the FTC. So that is, you know, that is decent research. It is really, really scary how much they are portraying this as some kind of get rich quick thing. But because there's only a limited number of people on the planet, it's not going to work
2: yeah and people like people lose their their families their friendship because they end up getting their 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 family and friends into debt to do this so the, the mlm thing is is quite quite frustrating and you know they talk about another oil company called young living where they show like these like their conventions where they look like rock concerts they're in these massive stadiums where they you know have like lights and music and pyrotechnics and and people are really pressured into going they had a couple of whistleblowers um, who used to be distributors for these companies talking about how much pressure you get to to sort of buy into the lifestyle and buy into the hype and the young living guy head of young living is a bloke called Gary Young and what I've written down is Gary sucks Gary sucks hard because he's (laughs) he's previously been charged for the unlicensed practice of medicine he has had multiple lawsuits. He's performed surgery, allegedly performed surgery without a license given intravenous essential oils. He got a degree in naturopathy, which is also quack science. It's not, it's not even a quack science. It's not real from a degree mill. So that's like a an online university basically where you pay money and they give you a fancy degree and then you can walk around saying that you've got a doctorate when really all you have is a piece of paper that means absolutely nothing because you paid for it. You didn't earn it. He's wrap sheet is is atrocious. So there's been a lot of legal action by the looks of it against these companies. And the filmmakers here sought to get an interview from a, a representative from doterra who unsurprisingly declined to be interviewed but they issued a statement saying doterra recommends consulting a healthcare professional before using essential oils. I am so sick of these disclaimers. They make me so angry because they say shit like this. They go, go and see a doctor first. But that's not what they actually do in practice. In practice, they tell you about all of the ways in which your various ailments and poor life circumstances can be cured if you spend enough money and if you recruit enough people. You've got Alison, you know, saying that she cured her brain tumor. How is that in keeping with them saying we're not telling you any lies, consult a healthcare professional before using essential oils. What they say and what they do are completely different, and it's dangerous, and it's an outright lie. And I just don't, I don't know when we're going to start calling these people on their bullshit. I think the advantage with these MLM things is that they are breaking, or potentially, um, in some in some circumstances, they are breaking trade laws, and that is a. <laughs> weirdly it's easier to prosecute people when it comes to money versus prosecuting people when they completely destroy people's health and well-being but that's, which says a lot about our society that is depressing it is so depressing yeah it makes me absolutely infuriated i'm i just oh, oh i'm so mad <laughs> i'm so mad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I tell you a story before
3: we finish? Oh, go
2: on. Yes, yes. Tell me, tell me. I'm not sure. Oh, hang on. Do I want to hear it? Or am I going to scream?
3: No, no. I think you'll find it funny. Okay, tell me. (laughs) So I got invited to speak at one of these giant conventions once. No And I went.
2: (laughs) No, you didn't.
3: (laughs) I had the most robust disclaimer you can imagine where they were not allowed to connect me to the products in any way, in any public space or on the day. I was barred from being allowed to mention their products on stage and in future kind of on social media, which meant I couldn't say anything negative about them for a while either. I just didn't, couldn't mention them, but I was put a lot in place to protect myself, to make sure that there was no connection of me and that particular company anywhere. They weren't allowed to advertise it or anything like that. I just appeared It was really interesting. One of the reasons why Mm. I wanted to go was uh, because I wanted to see what it was like. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to pay them to go. If they're paying me to go, I want to go and find out what it's like. And of course, you know, what everything that I was saying was completely disconnected From any of the products. It was purely a here are some of the health trends that exist kind of Mm -hmm. talk. Mm -hmm. So I felt that what I was doing was was ethical Mm -hmm. in a sense. And I felt I could justify my presence to myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't need to justify it to other people because people didn't know that's what I was doing. And so I was okay with that. Other people might disagree. Personally, I went through a process well figuring that out and I thought it was okay. And I learned so much. It was so interesting to be able to have that kind of inside information. So I went to one of these in the UK and it was so in. Intense. Really? it was unbelievably intense there were so many paratechnics this massive stage thousands of people everyone was dressed up like they were going to a ball like six inch platform heels bodycon dresses like really like so much makeup <gasps> intense everyone was dressed like they were literally like gonna walk a red carpet mm. people were cheering so much there was just so much celebration everyone was taking snapchat videos the whole time or like Instagram videos just to kind of be like, so I'm here doing this and you should buy these products and all that. There were the products everywhere. Oh my God. And I think I was the only professional there who had actual qualifications <gasps> in nutrition. Wow. I guess I'm surprised. Really. I'm not entirely sure. So I'm not going to have a lot of certainty around that. But the people I spoke to, not legit mm. at all. And it was a bit scary, but it was also absolutely fascinating beyond belief. The way that it's presented in these documentaries of the the massive show that they put on, from my experience, I can tell you it is accurate. It is so weird. It felt very cult-like at the time it felt really quite cult-like it was fast it was such a weird experience in my life
2: oh my god I kind of want to go to some of these things I'm I'm probably going to say this about some of the other places other episodes that we talk about I kind of want to go to some of these places like as a plant (laughs) to go there and like gather information or just like ruin things
0: for them (laughs) Like
2: you know that would be fun I'm so like it's so interesting that was kind of my take-home feeling about the the culture I think it's I sort of feel that about culture of wellness in general but the culture of essential oils felt very cult-like particularly when you when you're working in the MLM circles so I think that's so interesting I'm so pleased you took some money off them though good for
3: you yeah and the plane journey was great as well so much free alcohol (laughs) so that that is where we kind of end with this whole episode we we cover a lot about the the mlms we see the updates from the individuals particularly with the sleep and we finish on this this happy narrative of yay this person now can sleep better yay everything's wonderful (laughs) which will also be a theme running through this whole thing so to finish up nikki what is your verdict did they debunk this or not
2: no. I think my overarching feeling is that they kind of try but they don't go hard enough. And you know, one of the things that we sort of point out early about these films is that they lack a narrator, and I think that what they're trying to do is allow the viewer to make up their own mind. Mm. That's fraught. I think that is a really dangerous approach to take. Um, they've they've tried to like paint, for example, Doctor Z in a really negative light, which they did. Alison comes across really badly. She's erased all her social media pages. When I last checked a few days ago, wow, yeah, right. So I've like, you know, I feel like they kind of left you to your own devices, and I think as a consequence. It appears balanced, but it's it's not. And while I think they sort of leave you with this feeling that essential oils aren't all they say they are, MLMs are bad, at the end of it, they finish on a really happy note about essential oils. And I think because of that, that's the thing that you take away and you might give it a crack. I don't think they gave enough airtime to bad stories or expert opinion, really.
3: Yeah. I agree with a lot of that. I think if they had ended it on a different note, I would say actually this was pretty decent for the most part. Yeah. You would say that this is one of the better episodes, I think, in the way that they covered the the negative or the dangerous side. So I was a bit mm-hmm. more lenient. I thought, you know, actually in comparison, this was one of the better ones. We're going to see so much worse, but yeah. False balance, big problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, well, look, that's all we have for for essential oils, but we still have another four of these episodes to go. In the meantime, please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating because that's how people will find our podcast. And please, of course, tell your mates, particularly if they are MLM distributors. Now, <laughs> if you have questions or comments,
0: <laughs>
2: you can get in contact with us on email, podcast at gmail.com. And be sure to leave us something funny in the subject line because we like it when you do that. As always, come and see us on our, on our socials. We debunk all kinds of wellness stuff or we'll just give out good, actual scientific wellness advice. Pixie is at Pixie Nutrition and I am at Dr. Nikki Stamp. And as usual, we'll leave you references and some links
3: in the show notes below. That's all for the essential oils today. Next week, find out how you can definitely not make gains in the gym with breast milk. Oh, yes, you heard that right breast milk. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.
2: It's not even funny. Okay. Let me do that again because I can't add up. <laughs>